Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valves exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve, with my little pal, Tacey, the most excellent serving wench. Hello, Tacey. Hi, everybody. (laughs) And the return of P.A. Jill, the also most excellent serving wench. Hello. Uh Uh-oh. And from the bowels of uh, a medical school that will Sorry. remain un, uh, unnamed, Dr. X. Hello, oh, Dr. Hello. X. <laughs> it's a different Dr. X, everybody. You're not, I think you're like the third person that I said, what do you want your, your radio name to be? And it's like, Dr. I'm the original. <laughs> This is a show for people who never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy. Or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine where everything you buy, we make 25 cents. Most importantly, buy all you can. (laughs) Buy a million things and we'll be fine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you're with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. So, Dr. X, every time um, I used to just say, uh, uh, talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, uh, I'd say physician's assistant. I got corrected on that one. Not by P.A. Jill or P.A. John, who were on this show for almost 10 years, but by some listener who said his wife was offended because I said physician's assistant. Right. So I was wrong. Yeah, drop that apostrophe S. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so is it physician hyphen assistant then? I mean, it doesn't make sense. Well, there's not, a, right? there's not a hyphen. It's just <clears throat> physician assistant. Yeah, okay. So it's a title. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then after that, anytime somebody complained, well, why don't you say clinical laboratory scientist? I would just add it in there. Naturopathic doctor. There you well. go. No, I won't add no. that. No, thank you. <laughs> Veterinarian. No, I would. I would. If we had no, a- on Facebook, those are the best, though. <clears throat> yeah. People never find the answer until they go to see one of those. Guys. That's Partly right. true. Well, and we could talk about selection bias because that's really interesting. So, uh, but first, let me get a couple of plugs in, even though now we we're don't have just... to talk about selection. I just want to get this over with. <laughs> Go to feels.com slash fluid, F L U I D, stuff.drsteve.com for all of your Amazon needs. Stuff.drsteve.com is the driving force behind uh, weird medicine. <clears throat> Tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D, for 33% off the best earbuds for the uh, price on the market and the best customer service anywhere. And if you want to lose weight and get to your ideal body weight with me, go to noom.drsteve.com. Noom is not a diet. It's a, um, a psychology app. It has completely changed my life. It's amazing. Even when I binge, I binge on rice cakes now, and I love it. You know, it's totally changed my life. I used to binge on bags and bags of Snickers. So I'm down six pounds. All right. Very good. Wait a minute. Let me give you one of these. Good job, Taste. It's very slow, but it is happening. And it's not too hard. So yeah. if I can just it's not keep a diet. my mental attitude mm-hmm. and, and do what I've been doing. And what did you call it, Jill, the other day? You said... Fault work? Relentless. Oh, relentless effort. 
relentless effort Mm -hmm. just not ever giving up a bad day does not mean that's right a bad day doesn't it's relentless effort so you have a bad day but it doesn't matter because you have relentless effort to get to your goal just keep going a bad day you've got your whole life to 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 do this it doesn't have to happen tomorrow they talk about non-scale um rewards in other words that it's not just about the scale now i can fit into some better clothes i look better when i look at a picture of myself now i don't immediately just go yuck like i used to i still you know if i look at it it's like look at that head on that that noggin on that he guy. thinks he has an eggplant head i do i got an egg that looks you like do a, not like a head that looks like a egg that mated with an eggplant no because no. well i got this parotid Dr. X, that's your next thing is to figure out what's wrong with my, um, what I can do about my parotid hypertrophy. So I have like mumps. And my brother noticed it. And it's like, well, that's why my face looks so stupid. And I went to an ENT and he went, yep, you got that. And it's like, well, okay, do about nothing. It's like, we got to figure out something that we can do. So that's your your next job before I see you. Photoshop. Photoshop. Exactly right. Photoshop is a hell of a drug. (laughs) That's right. Um, And if you want archives of this show, which of course you do, go to drsteve.com. In the middle of the page, you can click on a link, and for $30, you get a 32-gig um, thumb drive with every show on it, including P.A. Jill and P.A. John going back to the beginning. Oh, yeah. million years Plus, ago. Plus, oh, Dr. X, I'll give you one of these. It's a weird medicine uh, COVID face mask. Awesome. Oh, you know what I found and the other day, you get one of those, Steve? too, and, and then I throw in a little extra something. What, the Jill? The flatus flute. Oh, you got a flatus flute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I never made a penny off of those, but I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. There's one behind you. See, if isn't there one behind you there? Um, I wanted to, I wanted Dr. X to see it. I don't see it. I don't either, but I do. I found, like, okay. three. When, remember when I cleaned my closet out, Taste, and I found all that good stuff? Yeah. Flatus, so Dr. X, flatus the flatus flute uh, was part of that. The flatus flute is, and don't think less of me as you're, as, now that I'm no longer your attending and now we can be friends. Um, it is a whistling butt plug, <laughs> and Almost it's like just a joke. <laughs> but the the artwork was done by a guy named um, uh, Son of Fritz. He's a German immigrant. His parents are German, and he's a really cool artist. His artwork sort of looks like Ren and Stimpy. And um, what it is is there's this hairy ass that is shooting out flatus in the form of musical notes into my face and I'm smiling like it's the greatest thing that ever no happened. <laughs> so if you want to check that out, go to flatusflute.com. Anyway, all right, well, let's get this show going. Oh, you must have one. Now, before you went to medical school, you were a um, uh, paramedic and you did fire truck stuff. Fire truck stuff, yeah. Right? And you actually were going to drive the hook and ladder, is that right? Tell me tell me about that, because I didn't even know they... I mean, do they still have the ones where the person sits in the back and has to steer the back of the of the, of the truck, or whatever the hell you call it? So, um, when I was back in the fire department, they, or they mainly called them tillers. Um, no longer hook and ladder, but very few departments have them nowadays, so the department that I actually joined didn't have them. Unfortunately, but it was my goal in life to hopefully uh, be able to to drive a tiller, and maybe one day I still can. So the tiller is the one that's got the tiller is the one that has the two drivers that has the separate base where you need the driver in front and the back to be able to direct the. And that's so that they can cut corners better. Mm -hmm. Better in cities, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really well in cities. That's really cool. It's cool as hell. It is cool. Yeah. Never thought about it. It's cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm fascinated by the whole thing because. I know nothing about it. firefighting. We had chest pain Rob here, which, by the way, I should tell you why we called him chest pain Rob. And this is just so that all the guys out there who don't know this story listen and heed my words. So stupid chest pain Rob goes to the emergency room one day and uh, he because he had chest pain. Right. Well, that wouldn't be enough for us to call him that. So he gets, you know, an EKG and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes home that night and everything was fine. Got some blood work, troponins and all that stuff. He goes home and he's taking his shirt off when he and his wife are going to bed. And he's got one of the um, lead things still there stuck to his skin right and his wife goes wait what's that he hadn't told his wife he went to the emergency room oh nice and so she goes wait what's that on your chest he goes oh 
it's one of those EKG leads. I went to the emergency room today with chest pain, and oh my goodness, did he catch holy hell. Guys, don't go to the emergency room and try to not tell your wife. And if you are going to do that, um, if, make sure she never finds out about it. Because now, I, I, I know why. She, I mean, I understand that she got pissed, and I kind of see it. But what's the deal with that, the wives here? If your husband goes to the ER and has chest pain and then doesn't tell you about it, what is it about that that pisses you off? If anything, Jill doesn't give a shit. She hope John dies, but no. I mean, are you really asking that question? That's the dumbest question ever. What do you think, Jill? Well, we I got mean, guys listening, and they don't—they're not going to believe me. If you went to the ER because you had a laceration that they sutured up, yeah. okay, Tell maybe you about we it don't later. need to know about yeah. that. Hey, I got cut my finger in it, and I had some stitches. But if you go to the ER with chest pain, and there's a possibility you're having a heart attack. In which you might die or have a major surgery. Um, yeah, I think that's a conversation we need to talk about. So, that yeah, certainly falls under right, how was your day category. I mean that that yeah, okay. something you might mention before. I just noticed the EKG lead stuck to your chest. Yeah, that's, um, that's the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever heard. So anyway, that's why he's chest pain Rob forever. Mm-hmm. I thought he was chest pain Rob because he like actually had heart attacks and things. like no, that. No, 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 no. Okay. No, he never did. I thought he was really in poor health. How is he anyway? Uh, I haven't talked to him in the longest time. He's actually the reason I brought him up is because he was uh, uh, he's an EMT with the fire department. Okay. So he's a first responder. Well, hello, if you're out there. Yep. And uh, so anyway, mm-hmm. so how'd you get into that? That's so crazy. So I I got into it. It's not like you're a big hulking woman either. No, you no. Know? But, I've, but I have older not brothers. That, and I know that's <laughs> a stereotype. You wouldn't but... necessarily be a big hulking woman to be in the fire department. But right. that's sort of what you would sort of imagine. Right, right. You know? No, I got into it because I've always enjoyed kind of physical, more demanding things, sports and all that. And somebody told me that EMS was pretty feasible to do, just like a six-month class. So I started that way. And then um, wanted to end up cutting cars because I thought that was really cool. Um, just seeing the jaws of life. I wanted oh, yeah. to be able to use those, cut up cars, help um, extricate people. Yeah, it's a um, pneumatic or hydraulic um, um, vice or sort of a reverse used to be vice, hydraulic. Right? Now they're more so pneumatic. Okay. Um, and or even battery powered now. They're getting really, wow. they're so much lighter. Like the typical jaws of life that we would use when I first started were weighed about 60 pounds and now they're weighing, starting to weigh around 20 pounds. Are you kidding me? Not even kidding. And you can open up a, a car door with that, mm-hmm. with a 20 pound with battery powered device. Battery right powered now. device? Mm-hmm. I wonder what else you could yeah. do with that. So, <laughs> so that's how it started. But in order to do vehicle extrication, you had to be a firefighter. So I went through the fire class and um, really enjoyed that too. So I just kind of stuck with that and did now, that for a while. L- let me ask you this. Did you go to medical school eventually because you were driven to do it, or were you just tired of being told what to do by people who were dumber than you? Mm, let's go with the latter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. All right. Yeah. Let's give me one of these. Look. Bill? Oh, no, wait. Give yourself a bill? That's why I went to medical school. I was in television, and I was doing championship wrestling and doing all this stuff, and I was moving up the ladder, and I just got so fed up of being told what to do by people who were, to me, infinitely dumber than Mm -hmm. me. And I figured if I went to medical school, and that wasn't the only reason, but that was one thing that kind of finally got me to to go. I always wanted to do it, and Mm -hmm. I always, yeah, I wanted to help people and all that stuff, but... Um, uh, that's what spurred me to finally say, hey, I need to do this. I need to make a change in my life. Right, right. <laughs> so, good deal. Well, good. Well, welcome. And uh, feel free to just jump in on all of this stuff that we're going to talk about today. Sounds good. Christine's never listened to the show. Matter of fact, as of good for her. three hours ago, she just thought I was, you know, some elderly attending of hers. And then we, I took her out to lunch, and then she ordered a rye. And I'm like, oh, now wait a minute. Now this is pretty cool because I ordered um, uh, Willett's uh, bourbon. What, we were done with work, by the way. It was a very late lunch. And then, um, and then we, I found out that she has a concealed carry permit. And I'm like, oh, she's a woman after my own heart, and she plays instruments too. And it's like, hell, just come over. Tacy's at home drinking, and it'll be a big old time. How'd so anyway. you know we were drinking? 
uh, it's well, it's Friday, and you took half the day off. <laughs> so. You say, and your name is Tacey. <laughs> yes, and I have met you. So, all right. So anyway, um, don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. He is gone, but not forgotten, and uh, he will be back someday. And uh, I guess that's it. We got anything to plug? You want to plug? Oh, Jill, yeah. you want to plug your your thing? What thing, Steve? Well, your brewery. Oh, oh. So people who don't remember, P.A. Jill is is married to P.A. John, who is no longer P.M. John. He's B.M. John. Right. Brewmaster John, or yeah. Or Bowel Movement John. Exactly, yeah. The, so uh, if you're in our area, you should check out J.R.H. Brewing. And we have our product in cans in local grocery stores and convenience stores. And obviously, you can get anything that you want at the brewery as well, and growlers and pints to go. And, you know, obviously, with the uh, COVID situation, things are... Um, still iffy with going out but we definitely are taking the appropriate precautions for that and having our table spaced out we have a lot of outdoor space we have a food truck which is awesome which is at uh, alley cat which has a great uh they're there they're all the time there they're there all the time yes and i would and i would argue what yummy fries yes right you've had it right awesome okay so and the and a great philly cheesesteak and i would have to say that cheesesteaks aren't my thing like that's not my go-to but But they have this an awesome. Good. A good oh. one is a good one. Oh man, it's for awesome. Sure. Yeah. And they and I've and I've seen people come from Philly and say, "Wow, this is like the best Philly cheesesteak I've had outside of the city." Really, it's really a good one. Yeah, and people they do from it. Louisiana say that about my gumbo. So. There you go. And I say that about your barbecue shrimp. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> we should yeah. do that again. We should. Absolutely. So I'm just yeah. hitting these stupid buttons way too many times today. Mm-hmm. It's just because Christina's bit. here. No, I like it showing off and so um oh, yeah i mean so, dr x <laughs> and i picked that up picked up on that a moment ago but you know um sorry so but yeah you should totally check out jrh brewing yeah yay yeah jrh brewing uh your husband um i i used to i you know i love to just crap on him but i can't right? i can't for not for his beer maker everything else I can totally crap on him because, you know, that was part of the dynamic of the show. Right, right. Was It was fun just crapping on P.A. John. But, you know, as a brewmaster, this guy is the real deal. Yeah. He's made at least two, maybe three of my favorite beers that I've had in my life. And I have been on this earth for almost 65 years. Yeah. And I've been drinking for 59 of those. Yeah. Big birthday coming up, everybody. We're getting all kinds of... Part D letters in the mail. Oh yeah, Tacy used to uh, when I when I turned fifty, I would get AARP letters, and Tacy would get the mail, and she would just write ha ha in big red letters and put it in my pile because she's a turd. And then now I'm actually getting Medicare. Now it's just sad. I'm not getting Medicare though. I told them no, thank you. At all? No, I'm getting Medicare Part A, <laughs> but I have good insurance, so I'm just going to do that. At all? Are you crazy? You should totally reap your benefits. Well, You've been Medicare paying Part into that a for is a free. long time. So, yeah. but anyway. All right. Well, very good. Oh, so no. I'll just continue to pay for your shit. That's okay. Yeah. Let's just do that. Okay. That sounds good. Oh, uh, we've just gone downhill. <laughs> this is a terrible show. This <laughs> is terrible. That's Tacy. That's your new drop, Tacy. Well, Did you it's hear true. It? It's That's true again good, today. Like Let's do well. it again here. Let's hear Tacy's new drop. Okay. Uh, I'm realizing now that I should have brought a straw. This is a terrible here. show. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> and then we have. God damn, this is about as boring as sex with my wife. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please stop bullshitting and get to the questions? You haven't answered a single fucking medical question. The fuck, man? What the fuck, man? Your show is better when you had medical questions. Agreed. AIDS. Okay, whatever. All right. Well, Did you just say AIDS like yeah, in a cheering just, way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Well, it's like Mark Norman does that. He just there throws out random words. There is good for it words. now, but I mean, yeah. still. Mark Norman just throws out random words uh, I, and i love that He'll, he he did um 
um, a, a video for a friend of mine. It was his wife's 45th birthday or something. And Mark was just walking down the street and just started just throwing out random words like coronavirus and stuff. It was just, I, yeah, he had to be there. Anyway, all right. So here's a, uh, a good or a bad question. You tell me, Steve. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. This is a question that was in our household for a while. Okay. If you could choose, would you choose, and this was early on in COVID, would okay. you choose HIV, which has lots of good proven treatments, yep. or would you choose COVID? Oh, okay. Well, okay. One's an acute illness that could be fatal. One's a chronic illness that untreated would be fatal, but is very treatable. I think I'd take HIV. Hmm. That's interesting. Cause that's what that's what PA John said as well. I said COVID all day long. Like, well, you're young and and mostly healthy, but right? you're a two time cancer survivor, Correct. so you could yeah. be at, you know in a risk group. I'm in a risk group for COVID nineteen, big time with my age. So, um, you know, I, HIV, can, you can get the, the retrovirus counts down to zero. Now, right. And that was know. John's argument. Yeah. yeah. It's like I could be have like a zero viral load and, you know, and live for yeah. never have AIDS yeah. ever. And I'm like, it's a lifelong well, regimen, though. Yeah, That's it is. True. I don't like that. Fact. For I know, some, right? though. I mean, is Magic Johnson still taking medicine? I mean, he's been he got HIV when it was Magic Johnson. Right? I didn't just libel. Somebody did. I. Uh, no, yes, you're correct in your Johnson name. Yeah, it is HIV. Because yeah. he was one of the first to get on a retroviral, antiretroviral cocktail, right? Mm-hmm. So 1991. Okay. So, um, you know. years. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, 91. Uh, so you have to do Howard Stern math now. 91, 2001, 20, 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twenty nine, yeah, something like that. Is that right? Twenty nine is that a is that a year? (laughs) It's twenty nine years. Twenty nine years, right? I don't know. I've been drinking. I'm doing math on a Friday. (laughs) Oh, I understand what you're saying. Like it's a total of twenty nine years. The way you said it, I was like. We used to have Echo. I don't know what I thought you were and saying. And she could answer questions for us, and I have not plugged her back in since I redid this. Because she sucks, Steve. 29 okay. years. Yeah, it's crazy. There you go. So, but he was started on the antiretrovirals really early on. But I, I've seen people who have zero counts, and sometimes they take them off their medicine, it doesn't come back. Don't so. they say that about Charlie Sheen? Isn't he undetectable? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. I mean, I don't want anybody to have detectable. You know, HIV. So anyway. All right. Do you remember when that was so scary and it scared everybody and it was just. Listen to me. I was in medical school when it happened and we would get we would put the hazmat suits on because we didn't know what it was. Double glove, all that. The whole thing. And I remember this. um, I was in an I was working in an immunology lab at the time and there was an immunology postdoc in there. And uh, we had just taken a virology course. We're like, it's got to be a virus. And he was like, oh, there's no way that's a virus that causes that. And he was making fun of us that we were so stupid to, you know, dumb medical students. that here he was, a Ph.D. postdoc, that we would even entertain the idea that, you know, that AIDS was caused by a virus. So he was a dumbass. Obviously, just shows there's dumbasses everywhere. The guy was a PhD; mm-hmm. couldn't be. Stupid, well, there but. were plenty of dumbasses mm-hmm. when it comes to HIV in the 80s. Yeah, that's true. In the early 90s. Well, and yeah. you know, when you see something new like that, there would be people who are very set in their ways. For example, Helicobacter pylori. There was a time. So, uh, Doctor X, you want to talk a little bit about Helicobacter and what, why we talk about it? Sure. It's a bacteria that causes people to have ulcers. Yeah, that's right. Um, most, I guess most typically, um, not in the U.S., but definitely is a problem here. Yeah. Um, more prevalent in other countries. But. So it's a bacterium that causes stomach ulcers. The, a lot of the gastroenterologists that I talked to were like, there is no way there is a bacterium that can live in the stomach and cause stomach ulcers. And they just thought it was hilarious. And until it was proven to be the case, you know, these things where they use Koch's principles and you uh, go in and you culture them out of there. And, yes, here they are. And then you put them back in an experimental model and it causes ulcers. Well, you just prove that that's what it was. Right. So uh, now we test for H. pylori every single time they do a EGD. for those that don't know, an esophagogastroduodenoscopy, which is just a you know the typical scope from above. 
Talk about like the, the scopes that your mother had where she had a colonoscopy and she said, now, Steve, I'm going to have to have one of them up your scopes. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the treatment for H. pylori, though. It's pretty intense. I mean, the treatment is yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it's two antibiotics and a uh, proton pump inhibitor, right? And are they still doing it that way? And the antibiotic, one of them is, was clarithromycin, which is can be really tough on the old stomach. And then the other mm-hmm. one is amoxicillin, right? Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. so long since I've treated and do you it. Add, we used to add Pepto to that as well. Like oh, yeah. I did mm-hmm. general surgery. Yeah. It's like 16 pills a day. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, a, it's it's a, a big deal. Pills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, two to four week treatment, and unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't even get rid of it. Right, and they'll still have symptoms. I don't even know if a lot of doctors still treat it anymore. It was like a big thing, and yeah, now I remember they used just, to have those. Uh, what do they call those packs that had the prev packs? Prev packs, yeah. and now they're just not. It, it's it's just not much of a topic. I don't know if it's just old school news, but back in the day, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we Big tested time. a lot. We had a breath urea test there in the office, Steve. Remember yep. where we worked yep. at, where we did it together? Yeah. We would, on every, any person that had abdominal any pain kind of with a reflux, pain. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody got the breath test. Yep. We had it there in the office. So could just I wonder how it, sensitive that is compared to the EGD, though. Yeah. But, you know, if well, it's I positive, imagine, yeah. it tells you something. It's specific. It just wasn't very sensitive. Correct, I yeah. I mean, the biopsy is definitely more, more uh, specific and sensitive in the answer. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. So, um, Jill, you brought up COVID-19. I did. So there is a new drug. U.S. Food and Drug Administration has fast-tracked a promising drug to treat COVID-19 patients, and it is in trial at Houston Methodist Hospital. So I don't know what phase they're in. It's called RLF-100. It's also known as Aviptadil. Now, Aviptadil is an interesting drug. Uh, it blocks replication of the coronavirus in human lung cells and in human um, uh, white blood cells, which is pretty cool. This drug, though, is a synthetic form of human vasoactive intestinal polypeptide, which if you normally, if you take that orally and it hits your gut, you're just going to have voluminous diarrhea. So I'm very interested. They're giving this IV so it never touches the gut. So this isn't going to be the drug that's going to end this because you'll have to be in the hospital to get it. But it's a promising new drug, and it looks like – I'm trying to look. I'm looking at clinicaltrials.gov, by the way. Any of you all that want to look, see what's out there. If you want to track your hydroxychloroquine trials or your favipiravir trials or all of this stuff, and there's all kinds of new stuff coming out, there's a synthetic cannabinoid. Uh, So it's like uh, CBD. So it's a synthetic version of cannabidiol, but you know, which is CBD, which is the non-get-you-high, uh, one of the non-get-you-high uh, molecules uh, from hemp or from uh, the pot plant, too. And they're targeting a specific receptor that hopefully will prevent or with um, or, you know, knock back uh, cytokine storm which we've talked about a bunch on this show. That's when the 
the immune system sees the virus and just goes ham. And when it goes ham, what happens now, there's too many inflammatory uh, factors running around the bloodstream. And now all this inflammation starts to settle in the kidneys and in the lungs and all these places. How, how you figure, how does a respiratory virus cause someone to have renal failure and die? Mm-hmm. Or their, um, their blood pressure to drop or thrombosis in their arteries and stuff like that. It's all because of this total body inflammation. And this stuff will uh, forestall that. So it's pretty cool. And it is, you know, people tout cannabis products as being, you know, panaceas for everything. Well, here's one where it actually looks like it's going to do something. So it's only in phase one trial right now. It will not be available on the market for at least a year. But uh, but they're doing studies on it now. So you can check out all these things at clinicaltrials.gov. And I'm looking at this one for this aviptadil or whatever. What did I say? Yeah, aviptadil. Novel coronavirus is known to cause respiratory failure, which is the hallmark of acute COVID-19. Approximately 50% of those who develop critical COVID-19 die despite intensive care and mechanical ventilation. Patients with critical COVID-19 respiratory failure currently treated with high-flow nasal oxygen, non-invasive ventilation, or mechanical ventilation will be treated with aviptadil a synthetic form of human vasoactive intestinal peptide plus maximal care versus placebo. So this will be a double-blinded placebo-controlled trial, the very best kind of data that we can get, where the patients don't know, the provider doesn't know. The only one that can determine who it is is an independent um, um, uh, monitoring agent or agency that's watching the data constantly to make sure that they're not slipping into a, a an unethical situation where, you know, if, they, if the Aviptadil really shows, look, nobody's dying in that group and still 50% are dying in the other group, you got to stop the trial, right, and, uh, and decode it. Otherwise, they won't decode the answers until the very end. And uh, so there you go. So that's very interesting. It says non-clinical studies demonstrate that vasoactive intestinal peptide is concentrated in the lung and is specifically bound to the AT2 cell where it prevents, oh boy, NMDA-induced capsase 3 activation in the lung. Okay. Thanks for that. That's awesome. (laughs) It inhibits a bunch of uh, inflammatory markers. So anyway. Is that AT2 angiotensin, why they were targeting ACE inhibitors? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep, absolutely correct. Oh, well, let me give you one of these. Give yourself a bill. <clears throat> All right. So it says five phase two trials of aviptadil have been conducted. So this should be under European regulatory authority. So this should be, okay, it's 144 participants. So this will be a phase two trial as well. If you remember the phase one trials, they'll do 30, 40 people. Phase two, <clears throat> 100 to 300. And phase three, you know, 3,000 to 30,000. And then phase four is post marketing. So very good. Very in- interesting. Now, one other COVID-19-related thing is we've been talking about this R-sub-T. Jill, are you familiar with that? No. So R-sub-T is a number. It's the average number of people who become infected by infectious person. But this is real world. So R-sub-zero is the theoretical. You know, if you put one person with COVID-19 in a group of people that have no immunity to it, how many people will they infect? The answer is about 2.4. If um, you do that with measles, the answer is 12. So I'm going to... So anyway, the R sub T uses uh, real-world data. I'm going to have to drink something here. Sorry, I'm going to hit the button. Sorry. All right. So the R sub T uses real world data. So if you have an R sub T of 0.9, 100 people will infect 900 people, which will affect 810 people, you know, and then 720. So it'll continue to drop, right? If it's above one, you know, let's say it's 1.5, then 100 people infect 150 people, which will infect 400 and, or now, whatever. 
what is it, three three something, and then mm-hmm. four fifty, and it'll it'll start to rise geometrically. When you when you hit an R sub T of two, you're seeing that de- that doubling, where a hundred, in fact, two hundred, four hundred, eight hundred, six, you know, and it goes crazy. So, we've been talking about this for a while. Several weeks ago, maybe four or five weeks ago, four fifths of the states in the United States had R sub T's above one, so they were seeing. Uh, cases increase. We are now at a point, and this we are recording this just so that you know, August twenty first, twenty twenty, where uh, two thirds of the states now are below one. That includes Michigan, Delaware, Nevada, Montana, Georgia, excellent, New Jersey, Oregon, and etc. Alabama, Arizona, Louisiana are at the bottom of the list. There are sub T's are uh, 0.8 and above, so they're doing very well. We should give them one of these. I should have just hit the applause when I hit the cough button and just, you know, let it apply, just, you know, voluminous applause. Nobody would have known the difference. North Dakota and Hawaii are the two with the highest R sub T right now, uh, with Texas close behind. North Dakota? Yep. Yeah. Now, remember, this doesn't... Huh? Was that where the motorcycle rally was? Oh, I don't know. Is that right? They might be. Oh, where was that? Somewhere up there. Um, We could look that up. Is that like Sturgis or something? Yes. Yes, it was an S word. Now, this doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to have insane numbers of cases. It just means they're having, you know... They're having a lot of spread right now, community spread. Right. Well, you would just think about North Dakota is not very popular. Right, right, right. right. People right. are spread out. Why, why is that happening? That seems Yeah, theirs strange. is 1.2. Well, and also, I thought Hawaii had all these really strict restrictions. It's a pretty populated island, right? I mean, there's only so many places you can go as well. And the other thing is, listen, the highest in this country right now is 1.27. Okay. South well, that's Dakota. That's pretty good for everybody. So yeah. let's that's say, what I was thinking. Sturgis is in South Dakota. South, South Dakota. Dakota. Close. Okay. Well, South Dakota is number three. Okay. So when you get down to say Alaska, and so Alaska is uh, sixth in line, your your R sub T is one point zero eight. All of these states are so close that people say, "Don't wear oh mask. Don't do nothing." Well. Okay, if you're a mass don't do nothing person, will you grant me that it might prevent 10% of transmission? Even if you, that means 90% of the time it will do absolutely nothing. If you're wearing the mask, it's just like you're not wearing it. But 10%, one time in 10, will you grant me that? Because if you will, then wearing a mask will get all of these states down below. 1.0. I love the people who wear the masks in grocery stores around their neck. Like yeah. they wear them just to get into the building. Yeah, and then, and they then bring take it down. them off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, we were at the bank the other day, and there was a person in there. And when she would talk to us, she would pull her mask down. It's like, <laughs> no, that's when it needs to be up, honey. Right. Oh, we were laughing so hard and trying not to laugh at her, but even. Our kids were laughing at her because it was hilarious. Yeah. She'd come right over there and she'd have her mask on. As soon as she'd start talking, she'd pull her mask down. It's like, (laughs) stop. Please stop doing that. This right here says Sturgis Motorcycle Rally tied to new coronavirus cases a state away in Nebraska. Oh, is that right? So it was it was in Nebraska or it was in South Dakota? Oh, it was in South Dakota. But it was people went back to Nebraska yeah, and brought so it with it was them. Close. Okay. Just like our big old fashioned Bristol Motor Speedway incident we had. Did anybody? Oh, wait. Did, they said no, no COVID was related to Bristol Motor Speedway. I'm sure it was. Casey, Hinchel. what are you speaking of? <laughs> was there though? I mean, what are we? I mean, I don't, I don't know. know of any. I, that's why I asked Casey. It, it was I literally just, like they re, they released a statement that said, said no, there was no COVID. Well, they really tried hard to yeah. not they to be able to wasn't. put it on and not have anything happen. So they did some, you know, they did a lot of stuff there. To, yeah. to And if they can demonstrate that you can do something like that and not have a big major outbreak, then, you know, bravo to them. Just a right. really bad idea in general. Well, I know. And it's just like schools are getting ready to go back. And, and, and we'll see every place that seems like schools are going back to, there's always a big outbreak after, regardless of, things, of yeah. the, of the um, protocols and precautions. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know. We're getting ready to see, so we'll let you know in a couple of weeks. Right. But and hopefully that statement is true about the Bristol Motor Speedway. Yeah, me too. They, me they too. really are using that as a standard. Like, yeah. hey, they've already had a large organization. I mean, you know, NCAA so this is what football, they did. This is what they did. Um, yeah. um, they are all team members required to wear a face mask at all times. Fans are required to wear a face mask when they arrive while entering the gates, which is where there's congestion, and in high traffic areas. Fans may feel free to remove their mask when they're in their assigned seat location. Social distancing will be required among groups of fans in the grandstands and individually in concession lines and restrooms will be required. Well, that's all we ask for, really. If you social distance and you wash your hands and you wear your mask when you can't social distance, what else can we do until we have a vaccine? I mean, that's all that anybody's asking anybody to do. I mean, you have to live and we've done things like that. I, I have seen on Facebook where people complain about having to go into a restaurant with a mask on, but being able to take it off when they sit down and how they don't understand that. And it's like, but that's where the congestion The congestion's is. at the coming in and going, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're like, well, that's just stupid. Now, they're and doing temperature checks for their employees. And by the way, if you want to reassure the public, if you've got a restaurant and they can't social distance in the kitchen, you want to reassure the public, just let everybody know that you're screening your employees before right. they come in. Yes. And they're doing all guests will be required to have a non-invasive temperature check before entering the gates. So, you know, they picked up a few people that had fevers that they kicked out. Now, not everyone who has COVID-19 has a fever. But if again, if we can knock out 10 percent of this. When we've got a our sub T one that was our dog by the way. What's he doing? Is Ralphie, he throwing what do you up? Think? No, uh, he's just digging it. Ralphie, what do you think? Come here, Ralph. What do you think? Can you can you? Nothing. Okay, he's got nothing to say. Um, <clears throat> if you can knock down ten percent of it and get that R sub T below one, that's all we're trying to do. Get the R sub T below one, and this will will diminish on its You know, own. this whole time I thought that our rise in numbers was due to that Bristol Motor Speedway, so I did not know that they're saying no. They're saying no, yeah. Because mm. yeah. I was pretty angry that they were even trying to do that. I'll tell you what, though, Tase is a lot of people that come to Bristol would have gone somewhere else. You know, they, they aren't from around here, a lot of them. So, um, yeah. No, I think ours was just that there were places that that really weren't paying attention to some of the rules. I've been by some bars where people had no masks on. They were all mushed in together. Or or do you think beach <clears throat> vacations maybe had some stuff to do with it? Maybe. But, you know, we did a beach vacation. and, and We didn't go anywhere, it, do anything. Right. The eat. The easiest thing to do was to stay away from other people at the beach because mm-hmm. it's wide open. Yeah. And uh, so we did that, and then we went in and cooked. And every morning, the 65-year-old went out and, you know, braved the shopping. Uh, Only the because morning. he wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> but then I wouldn't have wanted to do it. So then there's that. <laughs> so there's like, that. <laughs> who cares if I die, right, Tase? So, oh, I do. Very much so. So the other thing they did at Bristol us motor speedway was limited attendance that was less than 25 percent of the seating capacity so good Which, for them on how that. many does that seat i mean you can fit over a hundred thousand yeah but still 25 percent of the seating capacity plenty of space for mm-hmm. people to uh, spread out yeah. they did contactless tickets and concessions and uh parking passes had to be reserved prior to the event to make sure that people weren't all mushed up together um, let me see. They didn't allow coolers. I don't want to get the. Well, that's just so they can sell stuff in the thing. <laughs> that has nothing to do with safety. Um, and then, uh, then they did cleaning. They had hand sanitizer everywhere. They had employees PPE, and they were monitoring restrooms. All that stuff. I, I, good for them. Mm-hmm. Well, you good. Know? There's nothing better than watching um, people watching at a NASCAR race. There really is my favorite thing. To it's. Do. I mean, it's. It's like. Nothing you've ever seen before. Tattoos on the side of the road, you know. Oh, you mean doing showers, tattoos? Yeah. Doing tattoos on the side of the road, doing showers. It was like an extravaganza. Pre-COVID, it was pretty cool because, yes, they all these people would be mushed together right near Jill's house. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, yes, there would be people in, uh, who were selling showers, and then they would take the towel and hang it out, and then when the next when they they'd have like five towels. Then when the next person came, they'd take the most no, dry towel come on. and give it to them. Oh, no. I've seen it. Yes, I've Probably. seen it. 
Yep. Not, not the Speedway didn't do that. These were individuals that were making a couple of bucks <laughs> at the. <laughs> that was one of the fun, funnest nights we've had. That was. I absolutely agree. Um, we didn't stay for the whole race. It was just oh, getting God, to it that, that was oh, yeah. so that's, awesome. That's big fun. Yeah, it was loads Tailgating of fun. for a race. Yep. Yeah. All right, want to take some questions? Yeah. All right. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right, and that asshole would be me. I so. can't wait to give some advice. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Steve. I had a quick question. Um, I was in Vegas, um, and I was drinking um, fairly heavily. Um, I coughed up some stomach acid um, in the back of my throat, and it's been this happened on New Year's, and I've been feeling like this tingling, like burning sensation, like in the back of my throat ever since. Mm. Needless to say, it's going on about five weeks. I'm wondering what I should do. Should I? You think it'll go away, or if you have any suggestions? Thank you so much. Appreciate your help. No. Okay, Pace, you want to take that one? Nope. No. Okay, Jill. Well, that seemed right up your alley, Tacey. What are you talking about? I know. I know, right? Um, I mean, I would think, yes, that would go away. That's uh, um, it, So what has he got? Yeah, so he has. Uh, he had some reflux, and he's just irritated his esophagus with his reflux from his he's alcohol. He's probably still and, refluxing. That's the thing. Correct. And yeah. he just so. was able to be asymptomatic before, but now he's got it riled up in you there. You think it was maybe the beginning of something? Yeah. So now when That's he lays down at night, stomach acid, mm-hmm. you know, work it works its way up into his esophagus and continues to irritate it. Correct. Yes, I agree. So, um, Dr. X, what do you think he should do? Uh, depending on the amount of alcohol he's drinking, maybe cutting down some and then also going Ooh. for Oh, God. Uh, we don't ever advise that. Stop. <laughs> I know. That's just this horrible <laughs> advice. Listen to her. <laughs> ah, she's just a baby. <laughs> okay, we're just kidding. Yes, just he just needs to cut down. the amount. Just depending on the amount. Um, yeah, he needs to come And back. then also getting an acid, an acid pill, like a pantoprazole, trying that out for a month. Yeah. So a PPI or an H2 blocker or just, you know, chug some uh, uh, some Gaviscon or Mylana before you go to bed at night. Mm-hmm. You can try that first. Now, if you find a lot of people who are listening may have this problem where they wake up in the middle of the night with just fluid in their esophagus. And I used to aspirate it, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And... Um, if you drink or eat a lot of carbohydrates before you go to bed, you're more at risk of that. And that, mm-hmm. that valve called the lower esophageal sphincter, which is kind of, it's not even a valve. It's just sort of a muscle ring that tries to keep stomach fluids in the stomach and esophageal uh, fluids um, or mucus protected. And you lay down at night and then sometimes it'll just open up and your whole stomach will flood up into your esophagus. Yeah, you need to try to eat earlier in the evening also and you're right about the alcohol because i know like friday i don't have heartburn maybe maybe i'll get it on friday night maybe mm-hmm. saturday night mm-hmm. and 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 i know exactly bi- why you're, that you're is. not binge drinking are you today? no <laughs> <laughs> yeah and carbonated so. beverages i think make a big difference in yep. that too you know really yep. just those mm-hmm. bubbles chocolate it up in your esophagus more. i have had Mints. people that have this that Caffeine. i have put on a low carb exactly. diet and they absolutely they say That's that their that Definitely. their uh, g that their reflux goes away so uh if you are having that mechanical reflux where it's coming up when you're laying down flat. Well, don't lay down flat, but don't don't lay on a pillow either. You know, some people put pillows behind their back and sort of lay sitting up. Well, if you're a regular obese American, what you're really doing is you, the stomach fat will then push in on your stomach and actually increase the pressure and increase the amount of reflux. So instead, uh, you want to uh, put some a couple of bricks or some rise or something that will raise the head of your bed up about two or three inches, and therefore you can let gravity be your friend. And Gaviscon is a brand name of a um, an ana- a liquid antacid that actually floats. And so for people who have mechanical reflux, no carbohydrates within four to six hours before, and really you shouldn't eat within four to six hours, but it, for sure, no bread, potatoes, potato chips or cereal. People eat cereal before they go to bed. None of that within four to six hours. Uh, go easy on the alcohol before you go to bed. Uh, raise the head of your bed and then take some uh, 
floating Gaviscon before you go to bed. Some people can, can manage it just with that. Now, if you have persistent symptoms, then you have to go get checked out. Back in the day when I trained, you would give people uh, an H2 blocker, which is like um, uh, ranitidine, which is off the market now, Zantac, or Pepsid you can buy over the counter uh, for six weeks. And then if they still had symptoms, they had to be scoped. They're a little bit more... Mm-hmm. Lacks about that. Now, what are they teaching you now, Dr. X? That same thing. Same. Um, also, yeah. the, the acid blockers like the omeprazoles, the pantoprazoles for a month. And if symptoms are continuing, then you got to go get the scope. Yeah. Have you, you took physics, right? Long time ago. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Have you ever thought about it? I, it always boggles my mind. A proton pump inhibitor. You know what? A proton, H-plus. a naked proton. Mm-hmm. Is yes, it's a hydrogen nucleus, but a naked proton is a quantum, a quantum object. It's three quarks bound together. How in the hell did nature figure out a way to pump quantum objects from one place to the other before you know, millions of years? You know that the stupid dinosaurs had them. Uh, millions of years before we ever even conceived of quantum physics at all. I mean, quantum physics is only 50, 60, 70 years old. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. And there's a, a you know, a, just a, a meat pump is protein that can take naked protein protons and move them from one place to the other. That just blows my mind. So anyway... We were talking about why the universe is math-based on a show a long time ago. Tacey and I have these philosophical physics-based no, physics uh, conversations. <laughs> not ever. Not once. But, you know, two dinosaurs <laughs> going, to get, going to get water at a watering hole, there's still two of them, even if they're, the two of them are too dumb to know that there's two of them, so... Anyway, I don't know what that has to do with anything. What on earth? Right. Yeah, you lost me there. Honey, so. you married somebody else. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, man. I've been actually trying to stay away from most of the COVID stuff, but I kind of had a brain fart. Is this Stacy? If you look at the American Cancer Society. Stacy Deloach, everyone. Let's, um, can't, can't not acknowledge Stacy if he's calling in. All right. Okay, let's go. 660. Thousand people died last year from cancer. So far, there's like 165,000. I know that sounds horrible, but 165,000 have died from COVID or COVID-related. I mean, if you have a motor vehicle accident, you have tested positive, then I guess they count that as a COVID death. Well, I, okay, we can Even talk about that. Oh, Steve, factor. I've been hearing that so but much. That's still less than one okay, third. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. I know what point he's going to make. Let's talk a little bit. Have you had any, um, without violating HIPAA, have you had any COVID deaths? Do you guys do your um, your death certificates yourselves? No. Or do your attendings do attendings them? Attendings do them. That's another thing. What the, okay. Well, anyway, uh, the United States has had 174,000 deaths that were attributed to COVID. So I do do um, uh, death certificates. And... The way that we were instructed by the state was not if they died with COVID to say that they that was a COVID death. They said if you have someone that's in a car wreck and they test positive, that's not a COVID death. Are that, they testing people who have died? So, well, sometimes that might happen. Whether that they already tested them. Let's say they tested them on Tuesday and oh, their test okay. is still pending. And so then on Wednesday they have case. a car wreck. Okay. And no, they're not just testing them at random just because somebody dies. So uh, we we were instructed not to call that a COVID death. So I know this, at least the state of Tennessee is not trying to hyperinflate those numbers. Now, some hospitals may. It's all over Facebook uh, that that's exactly what's happening. And it's not. There may be some hospitals that are inflating some numbers because they might be able to get some more money. Are they getting more money? My understanding is there are places that uh, if you meet a certain threshold of critical COVID cases, then you can get some more money. But you should be using that for ventilators and PPEs and stuff like that. So it's not a general standard rule. It's just happening with unscrupulous. What? Unscrupulous. Yeah, very good. You got it. (laughs) So, um, yes, because. Let's just say I have someone who dies of, uh, 
I don't know, secondary pneumonia. They got a bacterial pneumonia. But the bacterial pneumonia was started because of Mm COVID-19. So they had COVID-19, they got a viral pneumonia, they got better from that, but then they had a subsequent viral or bacterial pneumonia, and that's what they died from, from respiratory failure. My death certificate that I wrote for that patient would say respiratory failure as a, as a consequence of uh, bacterial pneumonia as a consequence of mm-hmm. uh, COVID-19. Now, that would be considered a COVID death because the COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2 was the proximate cause of this person's demise. If they hadn't gotten that, they'd still be alive today. And I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're taught to, to do that, and that's how we're mandated to do that from the state. So, okay, so anyway, so what's, what's, what's Stacy saying here? I got to get a new damn mouse. <laughs> this thing is uh, no longer working properly. Okay, let's go. The number of people that die from cancer. Don't you wish people got more proud about being healthy, not getting cancer? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's the answer. Yes, I do. I wish people would uh, mitigate their risk for everything. We're really cool about mitigating, most of us, mitigating risk of getting this coronavirus because it's scary but people still smoke people people still binge drink people still do you know have unprotected intercourse with people they don't know stuff like that so yeah i would like for every people still don't wear their seat belts Mm -hmm. you know so yes i would like for everyone to mitigate all risk in their lives but that's really hard to do and that's all we can do we can only mitigate it not smoking doesn't guarantee it that you won't get lung cancer mm-hmm. and smoking doesn't mean you will get it it just increases your risk and not smoking decreases your risk so yes i do it's and yeah we need to put this stuff in perspective we do this with opioids too um you know dr x and i this week have written a ton of opioids because we deal with cancer patients and uh, cancer pain is difficult to treat with other medications, so we use a lot of opioids. But, uh, you know, they'll talk about, well, we have um, uh, all these opioid-related deaths, and that's true. Ninety-some X percent of them now are caused by illicit drug use, not prescription drug use, but anyway. But then if you look at things like deaths from Tylenol, deaths from alcohol, deaths from you know, uncontrolled diabetes, they are, those things all dwarf the opioid deaths. So it's just the big topic of the news. But it is a big topic. Well, it's something that we should be preventing. No mm-hmm. question about that. Oh, I, I but know you there's put it problems in with it. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. there are. So that's all, that's all Stacy's saying. And I agree with them. We got, it's hard. We got to put this stuff in, uh, in perspective. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me see. We've got. So a, Steve, what yeah, about yeah, the people sorry. who say, you know, when do we let this yeah. end? You know, COVID's a, a thing. Yep. It's affecting everything. When do we go back and, and just let it happen and live our normal life? And when when does this end? I've, I've seen this well, I know exactly on again Facebook forever. There they ask, is it a vaccine? Is it? Um, and I think your answer to that would probably be yes. Well, that's one of the, could one you of get our, everybody to take it? You know, people give our president all kinds of rations of stuff, and he deserves some of it or a lot of it. But one thing that he said recently that's really true is that the first thing we really need to hit is a therapeutic while we're waiting for um, uh, for a vaccine. He's right. So my, I'm still hoping favipiravir, which is a pill that you can give early on in the course of the illness, will uh, prevent people from going to the hospital, prevent people from dying, and then that's that. Then we can go back to normal if it works if it's effective enough. So, okay. Thanks to uh, my wife, Tacey. You're always a delight. Thanks to uh, P.A. Jill. Great to see you. Thanks, Dr. X. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, Lewis Johnson, Paul Opcharsky, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, the great Rob Bartlett, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, who's supported this show, has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to uh, my niece, Holly, whose uh, support of the show has always been uh, just... She's a nut. 
Uh, many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. I just wanted to make a quick announcement. Um, my niece, Chris, is a Ph.D. speech pathologist, nationally renowned. And uh, you all may have noticed that my voice has been I've been having some problems over the last few months. Uh, I left in my choking spells so she could listen to it instead of just editing it out and sending it to her. I thought I'd make you all suffer, too. And uh, she's made a couple of diagnoses and some recommendations, and I'm going to get that looked at. Um, it looks like I've got some laryngospasm from uh, a, a floppy vocal cords and floppy laryngeal muscles, probably due to age and the way that I use my voice. So I'm going to uh, be pursuing that in the future, and hopefully uh, we'll see some improvement. Anyway, so a big shout-out to my niece, Christine, who is uh, quite the genius. And of course, I can't mention her without mentioning my other niece, Holly, who is uh, not only listens to the podcast, but listens to the Sirius XM show. She's insane. So uh, thank you both. Uh, love you guys very much. And um, we'll see you all next week. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.